Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Open your Bible and let's get to work. How many of you came ready to receive from God? I'm ready, I'm ready. Are you with me today? You're gonna make me, you're gonna leave me hanging all morning. Come on, you can preach with me. Let's go. I've got something that, uh, that I want to uh, share and uh, I'm not going to share. I'm going to speak this thing. I'm going to declare this thing over your life, whether you like it or not. I'm going to pump this thing out with everything that i got because I believe it's God's Word and I believe there's power in it. And if you want, you can reach up and grab a hold of it for yourself as we read this. But Romans chapter 5. That was such an intense start, wasn't it? <laughs> Romans chapter 5 and verse 1. Say, therefore, say it like you're awake. Say, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. That's a good verse, isn't it? Having been justified, which means set free. I'm set free. How? By faith. I'm free by faith. Not by my own efforts, but by faith. I have peace with God through Jesus Christ. How do I have peace? The word peace, it means to be, to be unified, to be together, to be at peace. We are at peace with God, not because of what we've done. We don't have peace with God through a priest. You don't have peace with God through my preaching. God knows that. You don't have peace with God through beads that you rub. You don't have peace with God by weighing up your good deeds versus your bad deeds. How many are grateful for God that He doesn't rely on that? You have peace with God through Jesus Christ. That you don't have to find your inner self sitting out there amongst the garden, that you can actually have peace with God by actually just receiving what Jesus Christ did on the cross for you. We could go home happy just with that. Through whom also we have access, say access. Say it like Starbucks put an extra espresso in there this morning without you knowing. Say access. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace. The word access, it means admission or or entry point. We have access into this grace. This is an interesting verse because it doesn't say through whom also you just receive grace, but he says through whom also you get access to grace, which means you step into grace, but when you step into it, it's just the access point or the entry point which suggests that there's more for you than where you are right now. And an entry point, an, an, an admission point, that's just the beginning of something, isn't it? Me and my wife and family, we like to go to Disney. Let me rephrase that. My wife and kids <laughs> like to go to Disney. Um, and we have a two-year-old and a one-year-old. If you are gonna attempt to take a two-year-old and a one-year-old to Disney and you do not know Jesus. 
Don't even try. We will go to Disney. My wife is a planner. Thank you, Jesus, for that. My wife is not just a planner. My wife makes a plan to make a plan. She, she, she will set aside time. The other week, she, I said, what are you gonna, what's your plan for today? What are you doing this morning? I'm gonna plan out the week. And I said, hang on a sec. You have a plan in your schedule to make a plan. This is, this is my life and I praise God for it. And, 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 and so we'll go to Disney. So, so Carissa, will, we will pack up everything. Well, she will. And I'll be great moral support while she does it. And we will, we will pack up everything and, and put it in the car. When you've got a two-year-old and a one-year-old, you've got, you got strollers. And, and, and I'm going through the list like I know what goes in the car. You've got strollers and you've got diapers and you've got the food snacks and you've got drinks and you've got the toys that the kids, we bought the kids when we were at Disney last time and I'm not gonna buy those same toys again. So we just hide them in the car and then we pull them out when we pass the store and tell the kids that we bought them right there. But we're not spending 50 bucks every time I go to stinking Disney because they already sucked me dry just to get in the place and I'm not paying, listen, pray for me. Pray for me. But, but we get there, we get in the car and when we, we drive in the parking lot, Driving the parking lot, and, and, and you start making you know the, the four day trek around the parking lot all the way to the top. You get to the top, and you got to get the kids out. And we get the kids out, and we, we put the kids in the stroller, and they're strapped in, and they're excited, and they won't keep still. And, and, and you pack up everything that you put in the car, you now take out of the car, and, and you put it all in strollers, and then you begin making the journey the journey through the desert to the promised land or what they tell me is the promised land of Disney and you walk out but you're taking photos of where you parked the car you know what I'm talking about because we parked in the Donald Duck parking and then we got in the Mickey Mouse elevator to go down to the the Daffy Duck stairwell to get to the entrance point and we go through all of this this and this and this is just to get to the entrance And by the time we get to the entrance, half a day's gone. My daughter needs a diaper change. My son is hungry. My wife needs a coffee and I need a vacation. Listen, we're not in Disney yet. And it's at that point, more often than not, I'll look at Caressa and I will say, why? Why, why do we do this? Why? And everybody will say, because it's fun. I think I can find a crowd of people and bad food for a lot cheaper than what I'm paying Disney. But, but, we, but, we, but we get to the entrance and, and you, you pay the, the, the money or you swipe your card if, you're, if you've got a membership or whatever it is and you've got a pass and, and you, step, you step through the entrance and you are there. My son is excited. My son's two going on three. He's ecstatic. But listen, Luca is not ecstatic because of where he's standing right there and then. He's ecstatic and excited because he knows what's to come. He understands that while we have just stepped into the entrance and there's nothing special about the entrance to Disney when you step through the little turnstile, there's no ride, there's no Mickey there, there's no Donald there, there's no food there. 
but He knows that this is just the beginning, that here it gets better, that there's better things beyond the entrance, beyond the access point, that there is something greater. As you keep walking in, this is what grace is. This is what this Word is talking about when He says you have access to grace. But too many Christians, we are living at the access point, at the entry point, at the admission point of grace. But I feel the Holy Spirit is asking us to come a little bit further. And are we willing to step in and experience everything that God's grace has for us? That there's there's more. There's more. Can I tell you that there is more to God's grace than you realise? We think God's grace, we have this very surface idea of God's grace. There's actually different levels, if you like, in Scripture of God's grace. Can I I just give you some real quickly? I wanna share from this thought, thought this morning, a greater grace, a greater grace that if you will be willing to keep walking forward, that's what I love about God and the Kingdom of God, that doesn't matter where you are, doesn't matter how, how long you've been in church, how long you've been saved, that there is always more, that there's always a greater level, a deeper understanding of God's grace. But in Scripture, we find five different, and I'm not gonna preach on these five, but I just wanna hit them as a foundation, that there is God's saving grace. Ephesians 2 and verse 8 says, For by grace you've been saved. It's by God's grace that there is a grace that establishes our position in eternity. That's, that's by the grace of God. There is a forgiving grace. This is the grace that covers my everyday sin. This is the grace that the Bible says in Romans 5 and verse 20, where sin abounds, grace abounds even more that it's not the same level that you knew before where, where sin abounds, grace will, there will be more grace. It's a deeper grace. It's a deeper level of grace to cover our everyday sin. That there is also Titus chapter two and verse 11 and 12 actually teaches us of a, what I call a guiding grace. This is the grace of God that will actually guide you to doing what is right. It's a grace that will will show you the difference between right and wrong. And then the the fourth one is a it's a helping grace. This is the grace that in Hebrews 4 and verse 15 and 16 it says this is the grace to help us in a time of need, when you, are, when you are going through a severe loss or a difficult circumstance, that the God will give you a grace, a grace for it. That these are some levels of, of grace that, that as, you, as you step into the entry point, as you go through the, the turnstiles of God's love, that there is actually more and you start to walk around the park and you start to experience all of the different elements or all of the different factors of the grace of God. And it's amazing and it's empowering. But I wanna tell you, there is even a greater grace than what you are experiencing right now. Do you wanna hear about it? Let's be honest, you don't have a choice anyway. I'm gonna preach this. Luke chapter two and verse 52, real quickly. And Jesus increased, say increase. He increased. The word increase means what you think it means. It means to grow. Now, hang on a second. We're talking about Jesus here. Now I understand that you and I need to grow, but Jesus, surely He's already there. Isn't this God in flesh? Surely, no. 
Jesus increased in what areas? In wisdom and in stature and in favour with God and men. That word favour is actually the same word as grace. The Greek word is charis. This word is interchangeable. Every time the Old Testament mentions this word favour, its actual interpretation is the word grace. So Jesus, who was God in flesh, He didn't, he didn't come to earth as a man and leave God. He, he came to earth in the form of a man, but He was God in flesh. He grew in grace, which was the favour of God. And this is important for us as Christians because if it's good enough for Jesus, then it's good enough for us. That there is something that the Bible calls calls the favour of God, that if you find it, it'll be another dimension to God's grace. In fact, it'll be a greater grace upon your life. When we, we went to Disney one time and somebody actually uh, organised uh, for us, they blessed us and, and organised for us to have actually have a guide, a, a Disney guide. That's a gift from heaven right there. What, what, listen, what you do is the Disney guide will actually walk you around. They will walk you around Disney. And when you get to where the ride, each ride is, you know, and there's that, 30 mile line of people. And there's that little sign that says, wait 4.2 hours. You know that, that sign? If you have a guide with you, the guide will actually walk straight past the line and you will get access that nobody else gets. The guide, not, not you don't have it, but the guide has it. And if you stay with the guide, you will actually get fast-tracked. You will go from the back to the front, but you won't do it on your own. You'll do it if you stay with the guide. And if you stay with the guide, you can actually get access to things in the park that nobody else can get access to. Not because of who you are, but because of who you're with. This is what the favour of God looks like. And if you wanna make a decision this morning that you wanna find favour, you can actually walk out of here carrying something of the favour of God upon your life that can fast track things in your life. Jesus saw it as something that was important enough for Him to grow in. Jesus said, I'm, I'm going to grow in this area. That favour is something that we talk about so much in church and we love it because, because favour means I get free stuff and, and favour means I don't have to wait. And, favor, and, and this is all amazing and it's all great. But the thing that you have to understand about favour, favour has to be found. We talk about favour like it's, it's fairy dust that gets sprinkled from heaven onto a select few. When we went to meet with this guide, we went to, we went to go and meet, find this, this guide where we were. And, and, and so, you know, they said, we're gonna meet you at this particular area. And so we showed up and, and you know, we couldn't find the guide because, you know, what does a guide look like? You know, I'm like, hey, 
Like, are you a guy? They're like, no, shut up, don't talk to me. And so I'm like, like, what are we looking for? I don't understand what we're meant to be. And then, and then finally I saw over to the side, there was like this, this you know, there's this information, you know, an information area. So we go over to the information area and, and we introduce ourselves, well, my wife did, and, and we, she introduced herself and she said, hey, we're supposed to meet, we're supposed to meet somebody here because you can be in the vicinity of favour and still not find favour. And what happens is in church is I think we love to, to hear messages about favour because we all want favour. We all agree with favour. We all think favour's amazing. And we'll preach something like this and we'll all go favour and we'll go make a T-shirt that says favour ain't fair and we'll walk around. But the problem is I actually meet few Christians that have actually found favour. I know a lot of Christians that shout favour, a lot of Christians that quote favour, but not many Christians that have found favour to the point where they don't have to tell anybody that favour's on their life. They just walk in it in such a way that causes people to look at them and think things seems to go your way that shouldn't. You must have something on your life that cannot be attributed to you, your gifting or your ability. What are you doing? And then you can say it's the favour of God. Too many of us, we're in, we're so close. We're in the vicinity, like we, me and Caressa are there and we're looking around and we're like asking random strangers, are you a Disney guide? And I don't even know what I'm looking for. Am I looking for a guide? Am I looking for someone dressed as Mickey? Am I looking for Donald? What am I looking for? Am I looking for a uniform? And then till I found favour, until we realised and we were pointed in the right direction. But what happened was Caressa actually had to go to the information desk and had to say something. I wanna give you real quickly, in the next 10 minutes, I wanna give you three points on how to find favour. Are you ready to write these down? Pretend like you're writing anyway, it'll make me feel so much better. Three points on how to find favour. The first thing, the first thing is you will find favour by what you say. Now, we don't like points like that because we don't like to take responsibility for the words that come out of our mouth. We know that the power of the life and death is in the tongue because the Word tells us that. But then when it comes to living that Monday to Saturday, we like to scream at Sunday, but taking responsibility for what we say Monday to Saturday is where it really gets hard. We did not find this guide until we said, we had to speak something out of our mouth. Job chapter 22 and verse 28. You will also decide and decree a thing, which means speak a thing. And it will be established for you. And the light in brackets of God's favour will shine upon your ways. But you need to say it. You need to learn what the language of favour sounds like. You need to make a decision, whether you feel it or not, whether you see it or not, that you are gonna start to speak favour over your life. That you're not gonna speak negativity over your life. That you're not gonna agree with negative 
circumstances that are surrounding you. You've got to let your words create your world. Some of you complain about the world around you, but you spoke it into existence by negative talk. You've got to start to speak favour over your life. You've got to start to line up your direct the declaration with your direction. Where do you want to go? What do you want to see? What do you want your marriage to be? What do you want your kids to be? What do you want your situation to do? And start to say it. If you say it, if you speak it, the power of life and death is in the tongue. If you are starting circumstances, if you are starting sentences with things like, I can't do this. This will never get better. This won't work. I'm too old. I'm too young. I'm too dumb. I'm too unequipped. I'm outnumbered. This will never change. This can't turn around. This is hopeless. Then you are not speaking favour over your life, you are speaking failure. And then you wonder why you fail and fall and you come back to church on Sunday and complain to God and say, why is this? He gave you the instruction and said, if you would start to speak life over your situation, if you would start to speak favour over that dead end job that you hate, maybe it'll turn around and you'll start to walk in blessing. You've got to say it. You've got to not wait until you see it. That's not faith. In fact, faith would be when you see something different, when it is hopeless, but you speak hope, it would take faith to speak hope over a hopeless situation. And the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. You got to start waking up saying, God, I thank You that today's gonna be great. Your calendar may say something different. The meetings that you have to have may say something different. What you feel may say something different, but you've got to start to speak favour over your life. God, I thank You, today is gonna be great. God, I thank You that this is not the job that I wanted, but it's a job that You've given to me, so I'm gonna be faithful with it. I thank You that You're guiding me. I thank You that You're directing me. I thank You that You're going before me. I thank You that You fight my battles for me. I thank You that You open doors in front of me. I'm not gonna wait till I see them open, because that doesn't take faith. I'm going to speak it out now. I declare it over my mind. I bind my mind to the mind of Christ. I choose to dwell upon those things that are good, those things that are praiseworthy, those things that are of a good report. I thank You for it, Lord God. I speak over my marriage. I speak over my kids. I speak over my family. I speak over my job. I speak hope. You do that every day and you'll start seeing things come into line in your life and never know. Maybe you will find favour, but you will not find favour if you are speaking negativity. You got to say it, say that, say, say it. Say, say it. The next thing that you have to do, Noah, the story of Noah, Genesis chapter six, Bible says that God looked, God looked upon men. And it's a, it's a funny little, little couple of verses. God looked upon the state of man and it said, he didn't, he didn't like what he saw. It said, in fact, it says that he, he wondered why he even made them. I mean, no, that's when you're not doing too well. God, God was not happy with the way man was living, how disobedient man had become to the things of God. But, but Noah was somebody that was a good man. He was a righteous man. He was a man of integrity. He was a man that, that lived right, that lived according to the Word of God. 
And the Bible says in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 8, it says that, no, that God looked down and it says, but Noah, he looked down and saw all of the sin and saw all of the craziness. But it says, but Noah found favour in the eyes of the Lord. The first thing that needs to happen in order for you to find favour is you have to say it. And the second thing is you have to obey it. What, what we do is we don't obey God's Word. And we do whatever the heck we want to do and then ask God to bless it. You think God is gonna bless something that's outside the boundaries of His Word? Some of us are in situations right now, trying to work through situations right now. And the reason you're in it is because it's a, it's a consequence for living outside God's Word. But thank God for His grace that covers us. But we've got to understand that this, the word, we've got to take the Word of God and just make that decision over our life. You know what? I'm going to live it. I'm going to obey what it is that You're telling me to do, Lord. I'm not, I'm not going to do my own thing and then wonder why I do not walk in favour. I'm not, I'm, not gonna, I'm not gonna just do what I feel like doing in the moment and give in to whatever temptation that I feel is, is attacking my life and give in to these things going on around me and then wonder why I don't seem to be able to find favour. You've got to say it, but then you've got to be obedient. You've got to obey it. In 1 Samuel chapter 13 and verse 12, it speaks of the story is that Samuel gave Saul instructions. He said to Saul, he said, before you go into battle, I want you to wait for me. I want you to wait and I'm gonna come down. This was the prophet speaking, Samuel to Saul. He said, wait and I'm gonna come down and I, and, I will, and I will present the sacrifice. And the Bible says that Saul went down and he was waiting. He was told to wait seven days. But then after seven days, Samuel didn't show up. So, so Saul, Saul gets, gets frustrated because he, he was waiting. He was waiting because the idea was that they, that they would come and they would present a sacrifice, that Samuel would present a sacrifice and then the favour of God would come on him before he went into battle. But Saul started getting frustrated because favour wasn't happening when he thought it was supposed to happen. And then if you look in verse 12, it says, therefore I said, this was after Saul has been confronted by Samuel. Samuel says, what are you doing? Because Saul took it upon himself. Saul said, I'm not gonna be obedient to what I've been told by the man of God to do. I'm gonna do it myself. The problem is favour is not forced. Favour's found. And what happens in verse 12, it says, therefore I said, this is Saul speaking. Now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal. And I have not asked the favour of the Lord. So I forced myself and I offered a burnt offering. I did it in my own strength. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't obedient. It didn't happen the way I thought it was gonna happen. So, so, so I, just, I just did it anyway. I did it in my own strength and, 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 and I didn't find favour because I got involved. You've got to understand, you have to make that decision to say, I'm gonna be obedient to what it is that God's telling me to do, knowing that you will find favour. 
That you will find favour comes into your lane when you live obedient to the Word of God. We think God's Word is like, it's like, it's like sizzler. You just go and pick what you want and leave what you don't. We, we, we think it's like a little smorgasbord, a little, little buffet, the golden corral. Come on. <laughs> I've got a funny story about that, but I'll tell you another time. Um, you, 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 they, we think we just, you just get your little plate and you come into church on Sunday and you say, you know, let's listen to this Australian. Let's see. Uh, I like that. I didn't like that. And I like that, but he offended me over Disney because I like Disney, so I'm not going to take that. And, and then we read, the, we read the Word like that. And we say, God, I want your Word. And then we open it and it says things like, do unto others what you have them. Uh, no, I don't, I'm not going to have that. But you would be favoured of God. Yeah, I'll have, I'll have two of those. Thank you very much. <laughs> but when it talks about not gossiping people, no, we, we won't, I won't have that because I've got to meet with the girls next week. I've got to have something to talk about. Um, <laughs> and I'm not going to... We, we think it's... You take a little bit, live a bit, pick like, well, like we're just picking at it. We think it's like, we think it's like getting fitted for a tailor-made suit. I'm gonna, you know what? You know what? Just, just take a little off the side and just, just, just because I wanna, I, this is who I am. This is who I am. And I just need enough of God's Word to just wrap around me, to just fit nicely who I am. How I am right now is how I wanna stay. Listen, the Word of God is less like a suit and more like a Spanx. <laughs> Don't look at anyone. Because a Spanx, yeah. I'm trying hard not to look at anyone. Those that are sitting up real straight. A Spanx won't let you stay where you are. A Spanx will help to shape you and to mould you into what you could be. And that's what the Word of God is. We've got to say, you know what? I need, I need a little nip and tuck from the Word of God to cut away those areas that I've allowed to actually do their own thing. I need God to mould me and God to shape me. And I've got to be obedient to this thing. I'm not just going to shout about it. I'm going to live it. I'm not just going to tweet it. I'm going to live it. I'm not just going to tell my neighbour about it. I'm going to live it. We have to make that decision that we're going to live it. And if you live it and you're obedient to it, you will find favour. You'll find, listen, you'll find favour in, in, in situations and circumstances that you never ever thought you would find favour in. Maybe even stuff that you're praying against. Real quickly, Exodus chapter 12, verse 35. Now the children of Israel, look at this. They had done according to the Word of Moses. Children of Israel had been obedient. Moses was the man of God that had been positioned over them by God. And they were obedient to Him. Look what happens. And they asked from the Egyptians articles of silver, articles of gold and clothing. Hang on a sec. Is this not the Israelites asking the Egyptians? Are not the Egyptians the ones that had them bound? 
are not the Egyptians the one that the Israelites were slaves to? The Israelites asked the Egyptians as they're being freed, as they're coming out of Egypt, they said, hey, give me your gold. Give me your Louis. Give me those little red bottom shoes. I want some of those too. Give me your silver. This is what the Israelites says. And look at this. It's a big request, isn't it? You, you're going to ask the person that you were enslaved to, the thing that had you bondage, you're going to now ask something from it that maybe you would walk away better than you went in. And in verse 36, And the Lord had given the people favour. Say favour. Say it like you want it. Say favour. And the Lord had given the people favour in the sight of the Egyptians so that they granted them what they requested. Listen, they gave it to them. Why? Because of favour. Favour will cause you to walk away from situations that you thought were gonna bind you. Favour will cause those situations to end up blessing you because of the favour of God upon your life. Favour is so good. Listen, favour is so good, it won't just fight for you and defend you. David said favour is like a shield. But it's even goes further than that in this story. Favour will, favour will flip it. Where what the enemy tried to use to bind you and hold you, Favour will, He won't just defeat the enemy, He'll flip that bad boy on His head and the enemy will end up having to bless you and you'll walk away with a blessing that you didn't have before you went in it. And you'll look back at bad situations and even thank God for it because if it wasn't for the bad situation, I would not be walking away blessed. Favour will do that. Can I give you one more thing? You better give me something better than that or we're gonna go home early. All right, one more. You gotta say it, say, say it, obey it. Last thing, you gotta pray it. Pray it. Why why, why do I pray it? You know what prayer does? Prayer, especially when it comes to a topic like this, because we love this, don't we? We, we, Who doesn't love favour? I mean, my God, like everyone wants favour. From the back of the line to the front, are you kidding me? I'll take some of that. Money, checks in the mail, free stuff. Come on, single people, that hot wife you're praying for. <laughs> Ladies, that hot, hot dude. I don't know what you call. <laughs> we, we preach something like favour. The problem is and, and that we we get so pumped up in it, we start thinking it's for us. And we start, we start saying, yeah, favour, I want that. But what prayer does is when you get into a place of prayer, especially when you pray according to Scripture, because you can't pray, pray according to Scripture and have your focus on yourself. Because it begins with your kingdom come and your will be done. So it's important once you say it, once you obey it, you then need to pray it. Because as you start to pray it, you realise that the very thing that you're praying for is actually not about you. 
It's all about Him. That, that, that God will not actually grant you something that will end up causing you to fall. And when we pray and we get into the presence of God, it shifts our focus off ourselves and what it is we're supposed to be doing as Christians. Because favour, favour actually has a flow. There's a flow to favour. Favour comes from above. But favour flows from the bottom up. Real quick, and then I'm gonna close. Ruth chapter two and verse, verse 10. Ruth is out there in the field and she gets, she, she gets this opportunity. Boaz gives her this opportunity. That's, that's, she gets moved from, you know the story, she gets moved from the back to the front. It's, it's crazy. This stuff doesn't happen, not to someone like Ruth, not to, not to, not to someone in her situation, her circumstances, what she's come from and the family she grew up in. That's the, what's great about the favour of God. It's, it's no respect for persons. You'll find favour if you believe for it and you declare it. But the Bible says that Ruth, Ruth is given this opportunity and it says, so she fell on her face and bowed down to the ground and she said, why have I found favour? In your eyes. That's when you know God gave you something. When it humbles you. Not when it puffs you up. That's when you know you got it in your own strength and it means nothing. But when you get something that humbles you, you and you're almost like, you're a bit, a bit shy to, to tell people about it because you know that you know you and you know that you couldn't have done this on your own. This is where Ruth is at. She said, I found, I found favour. She said, how did, why, why are you being so good to me? That you should take notice of me since I'm a foreigner. And Boaz answered and said to her, it's been fully reported to me all that you have done, not all that you have done for yourself. He didn't say it was reported to me. All that you've done, that, that you've been puffing yourself up and pushing yourself forward. And I saw where you were, you've achieved in your own strength. And no, 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 He said, I saw everything that you've done for your mother-in-law. In other words, this is where the favour flow starts. It starts from the bottom. We've got to understand that if we want to find favour, favour starts first through serving. See, we don't want to shout about that because that's different to getting a free car. But if we would understand that favour begins, if, if you're too big to serve, then you're too small to lead. That's where faith, favour starts at the bottom. That's where it was with Ruth just at the bottom, just gathering behind, just picking up the sheaves, gathering behind the harvesters. And Boaz looked at her and he said, man, I've seen what you've done for other people. And this is, I believe, the heart of God for our church. That we want faith and we're like, yeah, give me favour. We're like free stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, you know, the... the, the Okay. <laughs> Shut up. And and but then we hear the last part and we're like, oh, you mean I'll find favor on the journey of serving people? 
you mean, bro, you mean like you're gonna challenge me about being a part of Heart for Orange County this week? That, that we're gonna actually do things in our community? See, this is, this is the favour flow from the bottom up. That it's, it's actually favours not given to us for us. Newsflash, it's not given to us for us, it's given to us for Him. But we won't give God glory until we know what it is to serve. And there's something of a growing that happens in our heart and our spirit while we're serving. We learn what it is to value people better. And God sees someone serving and says, I can trust Him with my favour. I can trust her with my favour. Here, here's some blessing because I know now you get it in your spirit that favour is not about what I wanna give to you. It's about what I want to move through you. And if you would get rid of it as quick as you'll get it, I'll keep pouring it out in your life and you will find favour upon favour upon favour. But you've got to get your focus off ourselves. It's a different message to preach at the start of Heart for Orange County series. But this is why I wanted to preach it. This is why I felt to preach it because I want us to get a new perspective on what it really means to have the favour of God. Yes, yes, you'll find favour. Yes, it'll move you from the back background to the forefront. Yes, if you find favour, blessing will come in your life, but you better know what it is to not have it just come to you, but let it flow through you. And if you keep that favour flow happening, it'll just keep coming your way. How many of you receive that over your life? Right across this room, let's stand to our feet. I'm gonna pray. Listen, tonight, five o'clock, I'm gonna preach. And we're gonna pray for people. If you're sick, I want you to come tonight. If you know somebody that's sick, I want you to come tonight. I believe in the power of laying on of hands. I don't think it's magical potion. I think it's powerful. I think it's what God wants us doing. Believe in it, the Word of God says it. We're gonna pray for people tonight. But right now, right across this room, I want you to raise your hands to heaven in faith. You need favour. I'm telling you, you need favour. We all need favour on our life to do what God has called us to do because the calling upon us is so much greater than who we are. We need to find favour. And I declare it over every single person right now in this room. Lord, that we would know what it is to find favour. I even speak it out over those that are streaming online right now. That we would find the favour of God. I see some of you in that same place as Ruth saying, man, why have you, man, why? Some of you are God is about to bless you in a way that's gonna cause you to think that it was meant for somebody else. Like somebody must have made a mistake. This was not meant to, This why would this come to me? That's, that's why, because you asked that question, that's why it's coming to you. Because you, did, you, you were just doing what God told you to do and all of a sudden you found favour. And I speak it out right now over every, every marriage. You need favour, keep your hands raised. You need favour. God will put favour on your marriage. I feel this right now for married people. Your marriage can find favour. Favour will cause things to just, things will just snap. It'll just lock in. Hearts will change real quick. All of a sudden, things will start to turn around in a second when you find favour. 
I didn't feel this in the 9.30. I feel this now in 11.30 for marriages, the favour of God. Single people, you're gonna find favour. You're gonna find, let me tell you, put your hands down. I'm gonna click. Can you give me 30 seconds? I'm gonna take more, but just say yes. Listen, I was at a church in Melbourne, Australia. These guys know what I'm talking about. And we were doing a conference. And, and I was just doing nothing special, not, you know, just praying. I was a single guy. I'd been single for 10 years. You think you got problems? 10 years? I didn't go, I did not go on a date. Not one date for 10 years. Because I said, I'm done, done with them. <laughs> Long story. But I kept pursuing God. I kept trusting in God. And then, and then we're doing a conference and God TV are filming the conference. And God TV, I was just a youth pastor. I was one among many other pastors there. And God TV comes and they says, hey, we would like you to, to do an interview for us. Me? Why me? They said, we don't know. We just want you to do it. Was I out there preaching on the stage? No, not at that time. Was there anything special about? No. Was I, was I doing anything? Had I ever done TV interviews? No. But favour doesn't matter about what you have done or haven't done. In fact, favour loves to actually find people that are ill-equipped for what it is that He's gonna get them to do because then He knows that God will get all the glory out of it. And they said, we, we want you to do an interview. And I said, okay, tell me how to do it and I'll do it. You know what? They said, the first person we want you to interview is an American pastor called Jensen Franklin. Okay, I better read up about Jensen Franklin then. I jump online, Jensen Franklin. Okay, this dude, all right. Five kids, look at kids, okay, kids, awesome. I'll ask him about that. Little did I know, I sit down in an interview and we start talking, me and Jensen Franklin, who some of you may not know, he's now my father-in-law. But it's in, it's in that interview, it's in that interview. He, see, he, he brought Caressa, his daughter with him on that trip. But I don't know anything about his daughter. I'm just sitting there talking with Jensen Franklin and I ask him about his family and ask him about things. And he's sitting there hearing God speak to him about me. And we're sitting in, how did I get that position? I wasn't me able to get that. I'm gonna go up to God TV and say, hey, pick me. I wanna talk to Jensen because his daughter's hot. Come on, bro. But listen, favour, if you're just obedient to God, now we look back and it's nearly 10 years later and God chose it and God put us together. And I didn't know that God was gonna set up an interview that would end up me marrying his daughter. And here we are pastoring a campus for him in Orange County, California. This is what favour will do for your life. Do you receive it? Give Him praise if you receive it. Give Him more praise if you believe it. Raise your hands to heaven right now. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.